live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do on a, well, you know, on Friday it can get off the rails here, so we'll see how, we, how it goes tonight. Live from Studio 6B. Glad you're a part of the show, as always. Slick Rick and I uh, kind of teamed up for the blue. Looking good. Slick Rick's going to do sports right there. How are you? I'm doing good tonight. Big D fired up. Very good. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. He's going to do news. And... What even is that? Yes. 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club, <laughs> otherwise known as. Coming up tonight, 9 p.m. Don't miss that to start hour two. Mr. Delgado, how are you? I am well. How about yourself? Well, you don't care, so who cares? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. That's uh, looking true. forward to your what even is that. Thank you. And, um, and I know you always ask how my day was, so I'm ready for you. Ask me how my day was. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Come on. No, it's how actually, was your day? It was actually interesting until I got home from the gym. Uh, I got home from the gym to find out that the water was turned off. Why was wow. the water turned off? There's a flex seal over uh, the pipe. No. <laughs> no. They're actually filling up the huge pool for the, uh, the Port Pet. What is it? Port Paws Dog Festival in Port Jefferson Village this weekend. Oh, I love the sound oh, of this. And they shut down all the water around the area. I like that. So if you're a dog lover, great. Yeah. But if you need to take a shower and come to work, not so good. Well. So I solved the problem. I Puerto Rican showered a little bit and uh, used a <laughs> bottle of water that I had in the car, and I'm, I'm good so- to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did what? I took a Puerto Rican shower. <sighs> That's I un- thought I smelled that when I was walking <laughs> out of the hallway. Shut up, stupid. Smell like a, a Macy's uh, fragrance counter section. <laughs> I don't think you can. You even say that these days. I don't. Um, think you, I don't. I mean, you can because you're Puerto Rican. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, I can say it. you can. Yeah, that would make you, you a racist. That. Yeah, I think I'd be a racist or right. a white supremacist if I said something right. like that. Right. Well, exactly. But I can say it. It's like what's his name? Who's getting it all in? All getting it from the? Because he said. Uh, what uh, Eli Crane said something that people don't like. Did you see that? Who's Eli Crane? He's a member of Congress, and I think he used the term colored people in oh, something. You cannot use that anymore. <laughs> and um, Like blue or purple? Well, there's, <laughs> sounds like Archie Bunker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the full story, but I know that I think that's what he said. He said something on the floor. He was talking about some, some issue, and he used the term colored people, and obviously— now What's his name again? Eli Crane. Look it up. Eli Look up what he said. Because he's getting, obviously, there's all kinds of, but there's some people, <clears throat> you know, who say, well, well what, what, I'm, not, I'm not understanding what the, what the <laughs> uproar is. If you just reverse the two, is it okay if you had said people of color? Oh, oh, oh very good. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Because there's an organization called something, um, something or other people of color. But he didn't say that. He said colored people. And I guess. I guess I don't. Well, he's he's under fire. I guess. Yes, according to this uh, this report here from CBS, the Arizona GOP rep Eli Crane says he misspoke when he referred to color people on the House floor. Now I'm just. So he using, says he misspoke. Right. I just. I'm just quoting him. I'm not saying colored people. I'm just quoting what he said. Um, in the heated floor debate on his amendment that would prohibit discrimination of the color of one's skin in the armed forces, he said, I misspoke. Every one of us is made in the image of God and created equal, Crane said in a statement. Does he, so did he say what he meant to say? Um, did he mean to say people of color? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. But so that to, but to my point, you know, you have to, you know, nowadays you have to watch 
Everything you say. Everything. That's why I say to you, I don't even know if you can say that. I mean, I guess you, like, you, like I said, I guess you can. Right. Well, later on in this article, he does say Crane at first tried to amend his comments to people of color, uh, but uh, there was one member of Congress. How, how is what? Can I ask a serious question? Yeah. How are the two? How is that better? Is that different? Does that hit differently? How are either one of them good or bad? Uh, how I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but it's just the way they say it, and whoever they are that patrols what we speak. Yep. Um, so people of color is better than colors of people or colored people. Well, we talk a lot about language and, um, how we need to take the nomenclature back and how it's been used and weaponized against, against a lot of society these days. And obviously this is, this is, um, well, I don't know. I guess I should read the whole story. <laughs> I just happened to see it, and I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, said, well, wait, if he had reversed it, because there's an organization called um, something, something people of color, and he said, I wonder if they're outraged. I haven't heard, we haven't heard anything from them. So, I don't know. Well, hold on a sec. Let me see something here. I, something just popped into my head. Let me just see what it stands for. All right. Well, All right. I found it. Okay. Here's here. He's fine. He should be fine. He should say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to change what I said. I'm going to stick with colored people. And here's why, because the national association for the advancement of colored people oh. is a civil rights organization that has existed since 1909. So if it's okay for them to have it in their title, why can't he say it? That's right. I guess that's the question. Then I'm done. This that's the end of my show. I'm, I'm leaving while I'm ahead. Well, no, no. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's obviously a topic that's yeah. out there today because he's catching all kinds of grief on it. And then when you read people ask that simple question, well, wait a minute. There's an organization, and how is one better than the other or worse than right. the other? Why are they allowed to say colored people in the name of their organization? Now, if you were to say the name of their organization, would you have to change, flip those two uh, last words? If you were a different color. So, so can black people say National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, while a white person has to say the National Association of the Advancement of People of Color? Would they have to do that? Is it that insane? Have we gotten that crazy? People of Color apparently springs from a 1988 New York Times column, in which the columnist William Sapphire suggested the people of color be the new age replacement for the term colored people. Uh, because politically it expresses solidarity with other non-whites and subtly reminds whites that they are a minority. Oh, so it's kind of a racist term. Well, it could be Because they're way. directing it at white people, right? Would, wouldn't that make that racist then? That's what he's implying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told the NAACP this, though, because they're still going with the, uh, the colored people stuff. Yeah. So along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just just seems crazy. It's like, wait, he can't say it, but this is the name of the organization. Again, you know, you point to something as simple as that. NAACP. Say the name of the organization, and you're racist if you're the wrong color. Is that is is that what they're trying to say? I don't know. Yeah. Um. 
All right, so there's a lot of stories to catch up on as well that we talked about last night. Yes. Uh, there's a story that I never got to last night about Iran. And actually, there's a story today. I wish I had gotten to that story about Iran last night because today the Wall Street Journal asks a very important question. And that would be, what does Biden have against Israel? As Iran moves towards nuclear weapons, almost with Biden's... I mean, I don't even know if you can say almost at this point, with Biden's blessing, as he basically helps them to achieve this. And that's, of course, the the crux of this article, a very disturbing article that doesn't seem to be getting a lot of attention, although I guess with the Wall Street Journal opinion today, it'll get some more. Iran moves towards possible atomic bomb test in defiance of Western sanctions. This is a Dutch report that says Iran continues to increase enriched uranium stocks. Uh, a fresh batch of damning European intelligence reports reveal that the Islamic Republic of Iran sought to bypass U.S. and EU sanctions to secure technology for its nuclear weapons program with a view towards testing an atomic bomb. According to the Middle East Media Research Institute, which first published translations of the intelligence documents on its website, the security agencies of Sweden, the Netherlands, and Germany revealed sensitive data during the first six months of 2023 on the Iranian regime's illicit nuclear weapons proliferation activities. The reports mainly cover Iran's alleged illegal conduct in 2022. The most shocking revelation... In the trove of intelligence data was from the Netherlands General and Intelligence Security Service that determined Iran's astonishingly fast development of weapons-grade uranium brings the, this is a quote, brings the option of a possible Iranian first nuclear test much closer. Last year, Iran proceeded with its nuclear program, the Dutch report noted. The country continues to increase stocks of 20% and 60% enriched uranium by means of centrifuges this can be used for further enrichment to the 90 percent enrichment uranium needed for a nuclear weapon means they're at 80 percent right now once they get to 90 percent then they basically have it right and then there's no turning back and the trump administration had their foot on the proverbial neck of Iran for four years. And as President Trump says, if he had not had the election stolen from him and had a second term, we would have had a deal with, uh, with Iran, he says, in the first week of my second term. That's how bad he had uh, them on the run. We all know his relationship with Israel and what he did there the most pro-Israel president maybe ever. Biden is just the opposite of that. Biden on day one made what's going to end up being this day, if they get to 90%, possible. He put us on this road from day one of coming into uh, his administration as he tried to get back to this Iran deal. As a matter of fact, went back to the table to try to get this Iran deal. And now this is where we are. They're at 80%. They need to get to 90. We don't hear anything from the administration other than the, the basic, oh, we'll never let them have one. But what, what are you doing to not let them have one? Because it seems like everything you're doing is allowing them to have one. And actually facilitating it. 
I mean, there, as this report says, Iran continues to just basically ignore any agreements that were made within the framework of the JCPOA. And by deploying increasingly more sophisticated uranium enrichment centrifuges, it is enlarging its enrichment capacity. So in other words, they're basically saying to Biden, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just keep going about their way. Because they're not, again, like everything else we talk about in the world, what, what reason do they have to be worried about what they're doing? When they, see, when they see America now, from one administration to the other, basically facilitating and being almost eager to say, oh, look, come on, please, let's get along. As opposed to the last administration that literally had their foot around their, on their throat. Abraham Accords, mm-hmm. sanctions, full pedal to the metal, anything we could do. And now we have just the opposite, and here's where we're at. Very concerning. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started on a Friday night. News and sports coming up. What even is that coming up? Lots to do. Glad you're a part of the show. As always, we're back right after this. From Ron DeSantis. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, glad you're in. Lots to do. Uh, let's do so. We'll talk more about this um, Biden and Iran thing because it is uh, really a disturbing story that's not getting a, a whole ton of attention. Like many things, the mainstream media is focused on other things. Certainly not anything that's happening at the White House. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal today, what does Biden have against Israel? Uh, and that's a good question. And you could a- you could ask that broadly about the whole Democratic Party, quite frankly. Think about the high-profile Jewish representation in the Democratic Party, Chuck Schumer, Bernie Sanders, and many others. You could ask that question of a lot of them. What does the Democratic Party have against Israel? Who's supposed to be our greatest ally, isn't it? Yeah, you would think. Well, it was during the last administration. Uh, Not this one so much. And don't forget the pallets of cash uh, that were flown into Iran by one uh, former president, Barack Hussein Obama. Remember that. So not only only, uh, is he cheering them along, let's face it, there's probably more money being swept over there that we don't realize. And as the editorial board over at the uh, Wall Street Journal says, Biden treats the uh, governing coalition in Jerusalem worse than he does Iran. So we'll get to that. We'll get to many other things. What even is that coming up top of the hour? The other thing I wanted to just touch on (laughs) is what happened this afternoon. It has gone on pretty much all day long. It was quite the event that uh, Glenn Beck and the Blaze put on today out in Iowa. The great uh, state. Freedom Summit, <laughs> yes. Where all the candidates, well, almost all the candidates, President Trump was not there. He's at TPUSA, which we'll be covering all day tomorrow, <laughs> right here on Real America's Voice. But out there, the Blaze and Glenn Beck and his people put together really a fascinating day. 
Number one, to score Tucker Carlson as your moderator <laughs> is quite the score, given obviously it's the hottest topic in political news right now and what his future is going to be. We have some news on that actually as well. So he moderated this thing where all of the all of the candidates who decided to participate, some of who are now <laughs> seeing their life flash in front of their eyes. Asa Hutchinson. Wow. Tim Scott. I got to see those two. Mike Pence. Oh, my goodness. Got to see a little bit of Pence. Well, that's the funny thing, because during the day, I'm like, why is Mike Pence trending? Like, I had no idea. And then I saw one clip, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> this is brutal. I mean, call 911 on all three of them. Those are the first three out of the box. Tim Scott, Ooh. Asa Hutchinson, and Mike Pence. Call 911 now. <laughs> call the fire department now. They all three got so scorched. It, it was, has a defibrillator. Oh, my Break God. It, out. It, it, it was. I almost, I, I, I almost had to do this at some point watching it because it was so brutal. Tucker is so good as a moderator, it's stupid. Mm. That's how good he is. And he was looking Because he's right smarter than face. you. Yes. He will not let you get away with a non-answer. And his positions, like them or not, at least for that audience and most of middle America and most of the people who are going to watch that, are he's in, totally in line with. So, I mean, <laughs> it was not that Asa Hutchinson needed, needed a lot of help. That campaign needed a lot of help. But, I mean, the, the charade is over. I mean, just... Just pack it in tonight and say, thank you very much. It's been a fun ride. And I'm going to go back and whatever. Pence, the same thing. I mean, Pence glared at Tucker a couple <laughs> times in that, in that, in those exchanges, like he wanted to kill him. Yeah. Well, I'm no, I mean, I mean, he wanted to kill him. Well, there was one point where he laughed in his face, like Tucker laughed in Pence's face. I mean, he just, he just, <laughs> I can't tell you how, how, um, it was almost, I don't know, it was almost hard to watch at, par at parts. It was so brutal. I mean, in such a good way. Yeah. It was so brutal. With Tim Scott asking him about Ukraine, Asa Hutchinson, he comes out of the box and asks him about the, the bill he vetoed on gender reassignment surgery. And he just will not let you off the hook. He will not impense the January 6th discussion and the Ukraine discussion, oh, it was brutal. And, and you will never get that in any typical debate style where these guys are all standing on stage. They hide behind their platitudes and their campaign slogans and, their, yeah. and the time of it all. And we got to move to the next. This, I mean, you're just, so, you're just exposed. This is, this is almost like a town hall type of setting. Oh, it's one on one for right. a half an hour in front of the audience, and yeah. and he's not going to let you get away with anything. No, and you and and you are going to take a position, like it or not. And if you don't, you're going to be exposed. And you shouldn't go there if you don't have your ducks in order. I don't know why these guys go there. Again, I I refer back to the old Imus White House um, correspondence dinner when he went down there and smoked the Clintons. You asked him to come. You know what he does, <laughs> then he goes and does what he does, and you act and outraged. You get upset. You know what Tucker does. You know how good he is, and you sit there, and then you get torched. Right. 
It was scary. If anything, it's it's a it's a uh, class for the people who call themselves journalists. This is how journalism is done. Oh man, you ask was... direct questions Ooh. and you demand answers. Yeah. All right, let's do some sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. Sports is brought to you by My Pillow. Uh, Mike Lindell. Use our code LFS6B. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Lindell today on this thing too, and what's being done to him. How brutal it is right now with the cancel culture. Uh, what's going on, Slick Rick? All right, well, let's loosen up the lasso and lighten up the show because where are we going to go on a Friday night? To the rodeo. <laughs> rodeo dodo. Here we go to Calgary Stampede Big D at Calgary, Alberta. Here we go. Pool C. We're already down to Pool C, and we got the uh, third round and bare back. We have Clayton Bigelow, 88 points on I'm a winner, $7,000. And then we're going to go to Steer Wrestling and uh, Pool C. First round, JD Struckness, three points. Six seconds. Saddle Bronk. Also, first round. Chase Brooks, 86 and a half points on Vold Rodeos. The Ritz. Tie down roping. Uh, Shane Hanshi, 7.7 seconds. And Barrel Racing as well. Uh, we got Brittany Posey Tanosi. What do you know? She's there again. 17.16. I don't repeat these. These are like she keeps rocking and rolling, that Brittany Posey. That's your favorite uh, rodeo gal there, the Barrel Racer, Brittany Posey Tanosi. Bull riding. Uh, and again, Pool C. <laughs> Creek Creek Young, 88 points on Outlaw Buckers, Afraid to Nod, $7,000. And that's a total payout of $1.85 million. Well, let's go to Wimbledon. We're all set with the finals, guys. Novak Djokovic beats Yannick Sinner to reach Wimbledon final. ESPN News reporting from Wimbledon, England. Novak Djokovic closed in on a record-tying eighth title at Wimbledon and fifth in a row by repeatedly serving his way out of potential trouble to beat Yannick Center. 6-3, 6-4, and 7-6 in the semifinals earlier today. Djokovic saved all six break points he faced, including a pair that were set points for eighth-seeded Sinner at 5-4 in the third and reached his ninth final at the All-England Club. It's also his 35th final at a Grand Slam tournament, uh, more than any other man or woman in tennis history. He's seeking his 24th major singles championship overall to set the mark for most in the Open era, which began in 1968. Roger Federer is the only man to have won eight single trophies at Wimbledon. Martina Navratilova won the Women's Championship nine times. And who is he going to face? Number one, Carlos Alcaraz. You talk about a tall order, Big D. This fella just turned 20 in May. He's the world number one. He easily took care of business today over Daniil Medvedev, who's number three in the world. 6-3, 6-3, 6-3. And uh, Carlos Alcaraz looking to become the next Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal, his uh, statesman. So we'll see. That's going to be on Sunday. We have the ladies on Saturday. Saturday. I'll recap that a little bit later uh, in the next segment of sports. Thank you, Big D. That's a wrap. All right, Slick Rick. Very good. We'll do some more sports. We'll do some news with Delgado when we get back. Plus, we'll do what even is that top of the hour. Stay tuned for that. Make sure you head over to live from Studio6B.com. Make sure you sign up as a member there. We'll give some T-shirts away tonight as well. All on a Friday, live from Studio 6B right after this.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Make sure you follow us on all our social media, at LFS6B, Twitter, uh, Getter, Truth, uh, Facebook, all at LFS6B, um, Instagram and Threads, which I don't really use yet, at LFS6B Show. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, all of it. Uh, Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. But since we've been talking about it, and it was just so brutal. <laughs> Please. Let's, let's, yeah, you want to show, you want to yes. see some of these clips yeah. of these oh, takedowns? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I know um, I didn't see them all, so. Okay, yeah. So if you missed any of this day that the that Glenn Beck and the Blaze put together, and I mean, really, what a day. I mean, bravo to them for getting, the, for number one, getting Tucker and getting Pence, um, Hutchinson, Scott, uh, Haley, DeSantis, and then Glenn did a one-on-one with Tucker which I have not seen yet because it was right before we, we came on. So I'm going to watch that tonight when I get home. I can imagine the news that comes out of that as well. Tucker announced today he's going to start his own media company. Uh, I don't know a lot of the details yet, but our friend Matt Margolis over in PJ Media, I believe, had a piece on that today. So we'll get to that. But there's a lot of news around Tucker right now. So to score him as your moderator... And I mean, this is this. Well, so here's how it went. Let's start with Asa <laughs> Hutchinson. Here's just one moment. Oh, good. I didn't Ooh. see this um, with him <laughs> and Tucker. Here it is. But um, one of the powers that government did usurp uh, over the past several years is, is the right to decide what medicine you take in the form of, of COVID mandates. Um, how did you feel about that? And how many COVID shots did you take? And how do you feel about it now? In retrospect. How many COVID shots did you take? Zero. Uh. But, but I think it's fair, and I, and I could see that you recoiled when I asked you that question. Um, and I don't think, honestly, you should be asking people about their medical care. But that became a, a matter of public policy. And I do think that the whole country ought to pause and assess, like, what did we just go through? What, How do we feel about it now? And so it's a very straightforward question. But yeah. So that's, that's a good point. Though. I see that you recoiled yeah. when I asked that question. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he goes on. This is after, by the way, he blo- he has bludgeoned him on his um, on his um, veto of the gender transition surgery bill that he vetoed in uh, in Arkansas. Now, now, what's amazing too is that um, he's recoiling, but you notice he doesn't answer the question. He immediately goes, well, how many did you get? That wasn't the question, my friend. How come you're being evasive? Why are you not answering the question? You know what it is? The problem is with these guys, the Asa Hutchinsons of the world, you know, that, that swampy, gross, uh, you know, rhino, Democrat kind of wombat, whatever he is, um, is that they go to these things and they expect, well, it's going to be a love fest because it's all Republicans. Nice try. Um, you're not reading the room there, Asa. Uh, Tucker doesn't play by those rules. It, I don't know if you paid attention to his show the last five years. He's been number one. He, he d- doesn't really play by those rules. Also, if you're going to Iowa, you better know. I mean, it's not even know the, know the moderator. Know the audience that's there. I mean, you're not going to go to Iowa and get away with, get away with that position. Of vetoing that bill and saying, oh, it went too far. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was unconstitutional. And then try to talk about how, oh, it's parents. This it. I mean, it's talking out both sides of his mouth the whole day. Oh no. God told us there's only two genders, but I'm not really sure if I'm against or for the fact that you can change one. If you want to, this is, this is, this is basically <laughs> his position. 
It's like, no, you don't go to this if that's your position. Right. Or come and say, yeah, I actually believe you can. Just just be honest. Why do they, they, they try to weasel around these questions when they're asked bluntly by a moderator who's not going to take no as an answer and is not going to let you not take a position. You're going to take a position. And if, if you can't, then just don't go. Or you could try to do what Mike Pence did, and that's just <laughs> not answer the question asked and go into a campaign speech. Pence, it really did not. I mean, this is not a good day. Not Again, not that any of these campaigns need help to just kind of finally be over because they're all polling at skim milk. But um, this was not a good day for any of the first three. So here's a little of the couple things that Mike Pence and Tucker went back and forth on. This first one is about electronic voting machines. It's the first state to do this. I'm somebody that believes that you ought to be required to give a picture ID when you go in to vote. We ought to have voter ID in every state in America. But with regard to voting machines, I would tell you we had them in Indiana, but they, in Indiana and elsewhere, they produce paper ballots. Recounts were taken in, in, in uh, states around the country. And I think it's absolutely essential that we do everything in our power to restore public confidence in the, in the one-person, one-vote principle at the heart yeah. of this republic. Why not just get rid of electronic voting machines and call it a day, and then we don't have to debate it? <laughs> this is a punk. Well, I'm... Uh, yep. I would certainly be open to that. Is there a downside? <laughs> but what I, what I believe, Tucker, is that states govern elections. States ought to conduct our elections. In fact, our founding fathers debated this at the Constitutional Convention. Okay. <laughs> so, again, it's like, I don't know it's how you go there and not know the room, that, that, that that's going to be the position of most of the audience. But this is um, by far, I would say, the most brutal part of this whole interview. Issued a, thank you for that. You've issued a bunch of uh, public statements about your views on foreign policy, which are within, definitely within the Just mainstream watch of Republican views. Just watch demeanor through this. Um, you recently met with Zelensky, according to news reports. And I'm wondering if during that meeting, as a prominent Christian leader, which you are in addition to your political views, you broached the question of his treatment of Christians within Ukraine. The Zelensky government has raided convents, arrested priests, has effectively banned a denomination, a Christian denomination, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church within Ukraine, has persecuted Christians. And I wonder if you raised that with him. I, I did raise the issue when we were there. And I, I raised it with uh, the leader of the Orthodox Church when I was visiting Kiev and asked him about concerns about religious liberty. He assured me that the Zelensky government in Ukraine was respecting religious liberty, even while recognizing that there were very small elements of the Russian Orthodox Church uh, that were being utilized for the purpose of advancing the Russian cause in Ukraine, and that they were, they were taking steps to hold them to account. But the leader of the church at St. Michael's in Kiev told me personally that he, he believed that uh, the Zelensky government was respecting religious liberty. And I must tell you, I, other than the sanctity of life, there's no higher priority in my life 
than preserving the freedom of religion in America and championing religious liberty around the world. I'm confused. On this question, it's very clear that the Zelensky government has arrested priests for having views they disagree with. That's not consistent with religious liberty. It's an attack on it. And we're funding it. And I'm just wondering how is it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but I sincerely wonder how a Christian leader could support the arrests of Christians for having different views. Well, what, what, what I can tell you is I asked the Christian leader in Kiev if that was in fact happening, and he assured me that it was not. People were not being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Now, he, he said let me, no let me, had let me take arrested? a break here. I know we disagree on this strongly, but I, I respect your right to your opinion on Ukraine, and I trust you'll respect mine. Look, I, look, okay. look, I've been to Ukraine now twice. My wife and I traveled into Ukraine a month after the initiation of hostilities. We traveled then with a group called Samaritan's Purse, providing Christian relief to the millions of Ukrainians, women and children of every age that had to flee that country in the face of the unprovoked Russian invasion that began a year and a half ago. I did return, took an 11-hour train ride into Kyiv, also again with Samaritan's Purse. We not only met with government leaders, but we met with Christian relief workers. We're literally rebuilding homes of people in small towns, little hamlets, that a year ago were being shelled by Russian tanks. All the people in that community were just sitting in their homes. I mean, the, the truth is, what I saw was not just evidence of war, but I saw evil. And I believe that it is in the interest of the United States of America to continue to give the Ukrainian military the resources that they need to repel the Russian invasion and restore their sovereignty. Would you, may, may I ask, would, would you be, and I, I believe you have a good faith position on this and we have disagreements on it, but I want to just, I, I can't let you elide over the question of the treatment of Christians. And I, I know, I, I heard and that would again. Would you be, well, no, but hold on, would you, you would you problem be willing? is you don't accept my answer. I just told you that I asked the religious leader in Kiev if it was happening. You asked me if I raised the issue and I did. And I'm saying I also raised it with incorrect. the Ukrainians and I was told that there are, there are religious leaders who have been working with the Russian military military that is murdering people by the thousands. Okay. I mean, tr Tucker, look. Uh, Wait, but hold on. Don't you think... Let me explain to you what I think our national interest is there. I would think you would have greater concern for religious liberty in Ukraine. And I'm surprised I, I by I told you I raised the issue of religious liberty. No, you spoke to one person who's clearly I didn't on say one I side of one it. Person. And I, there are many, many news reports that are not disputed by anybody that right. many clergy have been arrested in Ukraine, and I'm merely saying, I may not agree with their views, I'm not Russian Orthodox, but you can't arrest clergy for having different views, period. Because if you do, you violate the basic tenet of look, religion. Look, I, I won't, look, I want to be clear with you, I won't stand by it, I won't stand for it. If people are being persecuted for their religious beliefs, I won't stand for it. In any country with which the country of our nation is supporting or our allies are supporting, yes. period, paragraph. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So there you go. There's a little bit of that back and forth. A little tense. I'm, I'm not exactly sure little. what that says about Mike Pence doesn't seem open to the idea that, um, as Tucker tried to point out there, you took the, I mean, as president, would he treat any information coming to him the same way? Well, no, they, this guy told me. There's no, right. there's no, uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no weapons of, there's no weapons of mass oh, destruction. There. Yeah, don't, yeah. We don't, I believe him. I mean, is that what, is that the position he's going to take? 
And not only that, look well, at I, I asked him, Tucker, right to his face. He right. told me no. I asked the, the guy, I asked, you know, the supreme leader, and he said, no, 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 we're not the plan. No. Right. Sure. What? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that guy's not worried about if it gets out, if he says, yeah, things, are, things aren't, uh, you know, things are a little crazy here right now. You know, we're, we're, a, little, we're a little nervous. You think, you think that would go over, that would go over well? It'll go over like a fart in church, as they say. Um, I'm sure that guy would be removed from his position because the government would say, we can't have you talking to foreign dignitaries like this. You need to, you know, uh, toe the company line, so to speak. So, you know, let's face it, that, that, that clergy, the, the one person he spoke to is probably looking over his shoulder going, who's listening to me right now? Yeah, it just seems very, um, well, it's just not a great position. It's just not a great position that Tucker obviously exposed. And the way he exposed it is by, by not letting it go, which, the, which all of these guys are just not used to. No. They're just not used to somebody just not letting it go. <laughs> You're not going to get away with telling you know, these very personal stories of your attachment to these people that you went over there. And you see how he just goes into that. Right. What I saw was evil and this fam. And, and it's okay. That's all. But that's not going to get you away from the core crux of what I asked you, which is about religious liberty. And I'm going back to it until you take a position. And if your position is that I talked to one guy and I'm taking his word for it and that's all there is to it, then I guess that's your position. But again, Read the room, Jack, because that's not where people are. All right, one more clip from the um, Pence Tucker, and then we'll uh, continue on live from Studio 6B on a Friday. from Studio 6P, 13 to the hour on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. What even is that coming up top of the hour with Rick Delgado? Plus, he'll do some news. Um, We're just, um, well, I don't know. I just, I got (laughs) such a, I just thought this was just the greatest event. To watch somebody like Tucker do his work like this, it's it's inspiring in some ways as somebody who interviews people to just try to get better at what you do because I just thought it was just phenomenal. The way he handled these people. And and as, you know, you're never going to see these people in this element. This exposed to someone who's way smarter than them, who knows the issues better than them, and can press them on their positions to actually have a position. Because most of these people, that's what they try to do. They, they None of them, this is why I think Vivek has done so well. I Honestly, I really do. This is why Trump, of course, does well, because you don't ever have mm-hmm. to think about what he what You don't ever have to, de- well, where does he really stand? You don't ever have to think that. And I think with Ramaswamy, the same thing. You don't ever have to really think where he, he he's smart. He lays it out. He, you don't have to agree with everything, but you don't, you don't question where he's at. Um, and I did not get to see him with Tucker <laughs> today. But I'll bet he knocked it out. I'll, I'll bet you he knocked it out of the park because that's a guy who has no fear sitting on that stage with him. And I didn't see the governor of Florida with him, but he's another one. I don't think has any fear sitting on the stage with Tucker. I think those are probably your best two conversations of the night other than Tucker and Glenn when Glenn interviewed Tucker, which I haven't seen yet either. But what a day. But Mike Pence, I mean, it's, it's, today's not a good day for him. 
No, I mean, just looking at all the comments flying by and all these, like, you know, blue check mark people going, oh, Mike, Mike's, Mike Pence's career is over. Mike Pence's career is over. That didn't go well. I guess he'll never be president. I mean, just comment after comment. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, people are just. I mean, especially going into this election. Yeah. People don't want to have to think, okay, is this guy going to be what he presents himself at? Or is, he, is this going to be another tell me one thing, yeah. get in, and then act like a completely different rhino? Another BS. BS artist. So here's one last, we'll do some sports. Here's one last exchange. This is the one. <laughs> if Mike Pence had a sharp object in his coat, he may have reached for it. Uh, here it is. We're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are distressed. You. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, States but that's not, not my concern. concern. I'm running for president of the United Ukraine States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. Here's a As president stuff. of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tucker at the end said, okay, Mr. Vice President, thank you very much. And Pence just <laughs> stared at him. <laughs> as if to say, I want to kill you. While... while uh... Tucker rolled his eyes at him. That was the best part. He was just like, oh, Jesus, guy. Yeah, kid. <laughs> yeah. Safe to say, you could call that segment Tuckered Out. <laughs> it was. Exactly uh, what happened. He got Tuckered it Out. Ju- it, 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 was just, it was just campaign speak. He didn't answer the question. He said, you know, what about the Ameri- you know, American cities are, 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 you know, being destroyed? That's not my concern. What do you mean it's not your concern? How is that not your concern? Well, I'm running for the president of the United States. Dude, I don't know. I, I, did he not hear the question? Did he not understand what was being said? I don't know. Mm. How do you how do you answer something like that? Yeah, a good point, right? Yeah, okay. I mean that's the story of the day, though, right? The story of this day, watching this event today, is that Tucker has all of these guys on their heels because they're being exposed for their so-called positions, and they can't articulate them. Number one. Or defend them, number two, if they're able to do number one, which is articulate them. Everybody I saw was in the same boat, which is why this is the kind of event that right now the Republican Party and, and, and this portion of the country needs. We don't need to see tw- we don't need to see 
Chris Christie, the kamikaze Hindenburg on the stage <laughs> when he's only there to just throw bombs over at Trump. Right. That does none of us any good. He has no chance of winning, zero chance, and that's all he wants to do is be a kamikaze pilot. Asa Hutchinson, zero chance. He put out a, he put out a picture the other day of him standing somewhere taking what they said, oh, Asa's taking campaign questions. And I said, looks more like question. There's four people in the room. I mean, give me a break. Get <laughs> out. <laughs> He's Joe Biden popular. You're worse. Almost worse. They just didn't have the little circles painted around the uh, <laughs> seats at the time. So, Ugh. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, what a day. And there's things I haven't even seen yet. I'll bet there's more to get to on oh, it. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some sports, though. Uh, and here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Amirati. Sports brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, another round of Rodeo Roundup on Friday night. NFR Open, Colorado Springs, Colorado at the Norris Penrose Event Center. Going on through tomorrow night. Bareback riding second round. Ling McGee, 83 points on United Pro Rodeo's Whiskey Trip. Steer Wrestling, second round. Stan Branco, four and a half seconds. Team roping, Josh Siggins and Coulter Todd, 4.9 seconds. Saddle Bronk, we got uh, Shorty Garrett, 86 points on Brookman Rodeo's Rude Roommate. Tie down roping, second round as well. West Smith, 8.5 seconds. Barrel racing, we have Lisa Lockhart, 17.17 tenths. Bull riding, we also have, uh, let's see, no qualified rides, but first round was Austin Herrera, 81 points on Honeycutt Rodeo's Dennis, total payout on this rodeo, $686,800. Just getting back to Wimbledon, Big D. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., you got a brunch appointment with Anz Jabor, world number six, versus Marketa Vondrasova. That should be a great match. That again, 9 a.m. And then on Sunday, the men's final, big one with Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic, looking to set a record with his 24th. That's a 9 a.m. Sunday morning. You're not going to want to miss that. Should be phenomenal action. Uh, and Tennessee football program hit with massive fine penalty for over 200 infractions adam gretz of yard barker the ncaa announced on friday that it has hit the tennessee football program with a massive penalty for more than 200 individual recruiting infractions over a three-year period during the tenure of former head coach jeremy Pruitt. Uh, Tennessee was able to avoid a postseason ban as part of the punishment, but has been placed on probation for five years. We'll be fined more than $8 million and will lose 28 football scholarships over the duration of the probation period, including at least two each season. The program will also be banned from purchasing any advertising space during the 2023-24 academic year for any postseason game the team is participating in. It will also be subjected to yearly compliance review by an external group with an emphasis on recruiting operations. So, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee getting their hands caught in a cookie jar there, Rick. I know you, yeah. you're a big Vols fan, but it looks like, looks like they were uh, volunteering a little too much and taking advantage. But uh, and one of the reasons Tennessee uh, it, well, at least were able to avoid the postseason ban, because that, that just absolutely kills the team's morale for the yeah. season. But uh, anyway, that is a scoop on that. Of course, uh, you know Pruitt is no longer with the team. And that's a wrap in sports. Alright, Slick Rick, very good. What even is that coming up? Top of the hour. Make sure you head over to livefromstudio6p.com right now. Sign up to be a member over there. We'll give some t-shirts away in the second hour. Live from Studio6B.com. Sign up. You'll be eligible to win. More sports news. What even is that? All coming up right after this.
Report 2, live from Studio 6B, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Glad you're a part of the show, as always. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. What even is that coming up here in a second? Glad you're in a part of the show. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. Make sure you head over to livefromstudio6b.com. Sign up as a member if you haven't already done it. Put your email in. It's real easy. I think all you need to do is put your name and email in, and uh, you're in. Uh, we'll give some T-shirts away to anybody signed up at the website. We'll pick somebody out here in the next uh, hour. Uh, lots to get to an hour or two. Josh Steinman on Twitter says, is it World War III? Well, he used to be an active uh, duty Navy and then reserve Navy. So he tries to break down in simple terms what this order from the president yesterday means. There's been a lot of discussion since it broke last night, since we talked about it as well. So we'll follow up with that. Uh, I told you Tucker Carlson today, not only bludgeoning the, uh, the candidates out there at this event, but he announced that he's launching a new media company. So we'll get into some of the details on that. So lots to get to in hour two and Slick will have sports as well. But right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And well, if you've all been paying attention out there, it seems like the people in charge, well, um, they seem to think that we're all stupid. (laughs) Uh, That is because this story broke yesterday. It's something, of course, we've been covering here since the last week. The headline, please. Mm. Yes. The Secret Service ends investigation into cocaine found in the White House without identifying a suspect. What the hell is even that? (laughs) That's right, folks. Exactly. Just another edition of, well, you kind of guessed it. Move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here. Yes. Now, now of course, of course, the deep state media and Inspector Drevin there uh, are all in on this because, well, after the story broke yesterday morning, I went to some of their websites to see how this would be covered and and see the spin. Mm. But if you went to CNN, you would have never known it was even there. Really? Yes. Unless, of course, you did a little looking and then you would have found it here. There you go. Now, I know what you're thinking. I can't just use CNN as an example. I mean, how about a more legitimate source of liberal news like like MSNBC? So so then, okay, here we go. Let's go. Right there. Uh, You see it? No. No, that's because they didn't even mention it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely no mention of it at all. Zero, zip, Zip. nada. Nothing. But don't worry because they had, uh, count them, uh, let's see, 10 stories slamming Republicans and GOP and ready for their Marxist audience to dive into and bathe themselves in the nectar of communist propaganda. It's all right there. You just got to look for it. Pay attention, please. Thank you. It's next day there. Yes, very nice, nice. MSNBC. Good job. I I think the best headline, though, from this entire fiasco, well, the award, based on what we've seen, I would say would have to go to the New York Post, as only the New York Post can do. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Bravo, (laughs) New York Post. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) 
I, th- I, I don't know if they're getting their, their, their headlines from you, Slick Rick. I was going to say, they call Slick for that one? <laughs> well, that, that even got me. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, the Secret Service on Thursday said its investigation and how cocaine ended up at the White House is now closed without identifying <laughs> well, a course. suspect. Oh, come on. The whitewash in this <laughs> case, of course, went into overdrives, uh, overdrive as the Secret Service, the FBI, and the deep state media all now would like everyone to now, you know, once again. Yeah. Okay, people, move <laughs> along. There's nothing to see here. Yes, but, but, and I don't know if you noticed this. I don't seem to be someone to let things go. No, really? No, I mean, never. I, I, we didn't notice. I, I mean, there's yeah, even a check at 2 a.m. There's even a shirt about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing it, too. Yeah. To yeah. me, and I'm sure most of you, this thing stinks. Stinks to high heaven, and I'm sure Democrats, it, it's all just one huge game of, oh, uh, the only game that I can think of comes comes uh, attached to this story is from my childhood, and it's a favorite. Yes. Ah, yes. Clue. The whole thing is like a game of Clue, and believe me, with the players of this game, uh, we may determine <laughs> that the Secret <laughs> Service was actually right. <laughs> let's pick one out there. Right, but but what the heck? Let's let's get the game started, shall we? Oh, okay. Man. So, okay. per the rules, here we go. <laughs> per the rules of the game of Clue, yep. a crime has been committed, and it's our job, okay. since the Secret Service, FBI, and DOJ don't want to do it, <laughs> to figure out this here mystery. Okay. Colonel yes. Over here. here we go. <laughs> According to the final investigation report, the Secret Service says, "In and I quote, mm-hmm. there was no surveillance footage." found that provided investigative leads or any other means for investigators to identify who may have deposited the found substance in this area without physical evidence and the investigation will not be able to single out a person of interest Mm. from the hundreds of individuals who passed through the vestibule where the cocaine was discovered at this time the secret service investigation is closed due to a lack of evidence your honor i object yes and and so do i because because according to the evidence, there was no mention of a vestibule noted when the hazmat team went in to collect a sample of white powder. Mm. According to the recording, it wasn't a vestibule. Take a listen for yourself. Gemini's results are a new match found with a red bar. New match found in the library. Ah, that audio from the hazmat team finding cocaine in Biden's White House and not in the vestibule or cubby, as we've been told, but in the library. Oh. Yes, that's right, Joe. And one of the reports of the Biden family wasn't even at the White House the day before the cocaine was found. True. Take a listen to Kareem Jean-Pierre as she makes her case right here. The family was not here. They were not here. No. They were at Camp David. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. Yes. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And, and, um... I'll just leave it there. All right. Convincing, right? Case closed. I'm out of here. See ya. And it would be if it wasn't a bold-faced lie. You're a liar. You're a liar. (laughs) You know something that you're not telling us, you slimy scumbag liar. (laughs) That's a little strong. Well, you know, uh, you're going to swim in the ocean, you're going to get dirty. Uh, Yes, because according to the White House pool reporter, records show that Biden's were... At the White House on Friday, most of the day, as a matter of fact, despite the lies of one Karine Jean-Pierre. Mm. Pool reporters saw Jill Biden 
Baby Bo and Hunter Biden climb into the presidential SUV, followed by President Biden a few minutes later on Friday, June 30th at 6.34 p.m. Ooh, p.m. Heck, there's even video of Hunter getting ready (laughs) to leave for the weekend. Yet we're supposed to believe that the most secure (laughs) residence in the entire world. That does look like the White House to me. (laughs) Now, that could be a bad area. That that looks like it. Uh, That that is housing the leader of the free world and his family that is constantly Constantly under Secret Service protection, mind you, yeah, and has the most cutting-edge security tools and technology at their disposal, but yeah. not dental dental equipment. I uh, can't seem to figure out <laughs> whose cocaine they may have found. <laughs> All right, I'd like to solve the puzzle. Yes, I would. Damon, listen, look. Yes. Oh, I can't Just like we know, it was Paul Pelosi in uh, his underwear, with the in a vestibule, <laughs> with some homeless guy getting ready for 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club. I believe this mystery has been solved. You got it. It was Hunter Biden in the library yeah. with cocaine. Oh, okay. Or maybe not. Mm. Either way, that was a fun game. Damon, <laughs> back to you. <laughs> All right, Rick Delgado with what even is that? that was no game of Clue. Yes. You know, a lot of people, it's so funny that you did that because I've gotten a lot of emails Clueless. and people like to, um, they write an email in that form. They say, Damon, I understand that it. it was doctor in, in the library with the, you know, with the, with the cocaine. Right. Yep. Well, that's the first thing I thought of last week when it happened. I was like, all right, I got to do something with this. So now and there you have it. Yes, there you have it. So, very good. Thank you. All right, very good. Um, <laughs> what even is that with uh, Rick Delgado? So, brought to you by Milton Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> so, yesterday, the the uh, president put out this um, this call to um, select reserve and certain members of the individual ready reserve, which I read to you. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about it, obviously, since it happened. And I, I came across Joshua Steinman, who is, um, well, I'll just tell you what he wrote. He, he wrote, is this World War III? People asking me about what this order means. As a former active duty Navy, then reserve Navy, let me try to break it down in simple terms. I'll probably get some things wrong, so just correct me. It's been a few years. The military is split up into different components the active duty military this is the army navy air force marine corps space force and during the time of war the coast guard if you're on active duty you're going to um you're going to an assigned duty station every day the reserves each service has a reserve component on any um given time some reservists are on active duty orders but most are on the one weekend a month two weeks a year plan where they show up periodically, do a bit of training, then go home to their day jobs. Others are inactive reserves. These folks, instead of drilling, that's what we call it when you're doing the one weekend a month thing, have much more limited responsibilities, come in occasionally, do a PT test, sometimes do a day or two here, day or two there. Finally, for the Army, there is also this thing called the National Guard. It's a long story, but think of it as a small military element, mostly in a reserve-style status, organized by states, able to integrate into the larger army when needed. So what happened today with the president's order? As far as I can tell, the president authorized the call-up of 3,000 reservists and of those up to 450 members of that lower-tier element, which is called the IRR, Inactive Ready Reserve, 
No, I don't know why he did it. Why call up the reserves? We don't know. But over the past few years, critically skilled soldiers, sailors, uh, sailors, airmen, marines, guardians have left active duty due to vaccine mandates, culture, etc. Think pilots, special forces, etc. Is this World War III? Honestly, I don't think so. I know that'll probably cost me clicks, but I think this is more about critical skill retention and the DOD's challenges with retaining our most talented warfighters. But I could be, hope I'm not, wrong. Finally, if you're seeing this, you know I try to call things like I see it, especially when hysterical stories are floating around. So that's just a little something from somebody, obviously, who was in, and that's his take on what he's seeing. Now, David Zuckerman over in um, American Thinker today, has a piece called Biden's New Military Boost in Europe Foretells a New Censorship censorship State for Americans. Um, And so he has a take on it. I don't have time to get into the whole story, but he has an interesting take on it as well, um, on what he thinks this could possibly mean and what we should be expecting uh, from the Biden administration, and as, as he refers to it as the most repressive American regime since Wilson. Uh, so that's in the American Thinker. I linked to it on all of our social media. Uh, and that's worth a good read because he's got some good takes in that as well about American democracy and, uh, and what this could possibly mean uh, for your sons and daughters. So that's over there. It's on all our social media at LFS6B. Check it out. All right, more sports and news. Slick Rick, Rick Delgado, coming up right after this. Slick Rick, that's what it sounds like to me, which means let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold Group. As central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for right here in the good old U.S. of A. Well, with a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily seize or freeze part or all of your money. With a digital currency... Uh, These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to the Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset like gold that's independent from the U.S. dollar. And, of course, gold held in a tax-sheltered retirement account is just that. Learn if gold is right for you. Text America right now to 989898. And our friends at Birch Gold will send you a free information kit. Uh, get you all the information so you can make an informed decision. With an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping listeners from the very beginning. Text America to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold because if a central bank digital currency, a CBDC, becomes reality, it'll be nice to know you have some gold to depend on. All right, let me talk to you about our friends over at Consumer Tax Advocate. You did the right thing during COVID. You paid your people, pulled your business through the pandemic, and now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 
per employee over at covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies, maybe like yours, with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts over at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work, and then they'll share a percentage of the cash that they end up getting you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits, churches, you can all qualify, including those of you who took PPP loans, even if you saw an increase in your sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDtaxrelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org. Head over there now, COVIDtaxrelief.org. All right, 18 past the hour live from Studio 6B. It's time to do some sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. Rick Amorati Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. You know, it's the 20th anniversary of MyPillow. 80 million MyPillows sold. And to say thank you right now, MyPillow is doing a special on pillows. Queen size MyPillows right now regularly are $69.98. Now $19.98 with our promo code LFS6B. If you want the king size it's only $10 more. This is a special anniversary sale MyPillow's doing right now. And again, use our code LFS6B, $19.98 for the queen size regular pillows and only $29.98 for the king size pillows. And you can head over to uh, livefromstudio6b.com slash LFS6B to take advantage of that. If you're looking for pillows, there's no better pillows. I was sleeping on a MyPillow way before I even started this show. Back when, he, when Mike Lindell was brand new to media and was going on IMIS to sell his my pillows. I bought one that day that I saw him when he told his remarkable story of being a drug from drugs to what he was to building this company. Uh, I've been sleeping on that my pillow and taking it everywhere I travel since then. It's the best pillow you'll ever sleep on. Uh, and if you if you're not sleeping on one, you're not getting a good night's sleep. Queen and Kings now take advantage of it. Use our code LFS6B. Slick Rick, what's going on? I sleep on the pillows, the sheets. I love it all, Big D. I'm right with you. Uh, and we're going to go to the Genesis Scottish Open, and that that finished up earlier today. And uh, well, the number one is Damon's favorite golfer of all time, the guy that he pines <laughs> to be like Rory McIlroy. He's ten under, Big D, sitting on top of the pile, uh, followed by Tom Kim, uh, Ben Hunan. Terrell Hatton and Brian Harmon, they all shot nine unders. Harmon actually an eight under. Of course, Monday night we'll have a full recap on the Scottish Open Big D, but, uh, well, we'll see what happens there. And we're speaking of Rory, Big D. Here I mean, go. listen, Rory's as good as they've ever – than there's ever been. I just don't – you know, I just didn't like it when he said uh, – he turned his back on President Trump. He said, like I'm him. never going to play another round. I, you know, I – Regret playing with him, and I'd never play another round with him. Well, well from, from that moment on, I was hoping that he falls into every water, lake, river, stream that he finds on a golf course. Same so. trap. Yep, you got it. Here we go. Well, Rory McIlroy says, if Live Golf was the last place to play golf on earth, he would retire. Now, this is one of Todd Houston of Breitbart. Irish pro golfer Rory McIlroy continues taking pot 
shots at Live Golf despite the merger between the Saudi Arabia Back Golf League and his cherished PGA Tour. McElroy started bashing Live once again, this time at the Genesis Scottish Open, according to Fox News. And now he's got the, you know, he's got the mic. Now he's number one. Um, if Live Golf was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. That's how I feel about it. He sped out Thursday. I'd play the majors, but I'd be pretty comfortable not playing. Uh, the comment made uh, came on the heels of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, the principal Saudi office playing partnership with the PGA Tour, which proposed that Tiger Woods and McElroy become captains of their own golf teams after the merger is complete. The proposal became public uh, during Tuesday's Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigation Hearing on the proposed merger between the PGA Tour and Live. Apparently, though, the PGA Tour quickly shot that idea down. And, uh, well, it goes on to talk about how much, you know, because he, he hates uh, the Saudi Arabian uh, back fund. He's just not a fan of it. But meanwhile, he's going to sit there and get the money. You know the story, Big Dan. I don't got to tell you. Well, uh, I don't know. There's something to be said about his loyalty to the PGA and loyalty overall to uh, something that's brought you to the to the dance, as they say. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not totally not with him on that. Yeah. Well, moving along, Horseman of the Year shoots horse during standoff with his son. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. A horse trainer in North Carolina who had recently been named Horseman of the Year has been arrested after accidentally fatally shooting a horse during an argument with his son. John Victor Russell, 75, allegedly fired a shot at his son during an argument. But instead of hitting his son, the trainer struck and killed the horse his son was riding. The trainer's son was not injured, but the horse Franklin's Tower was subsequently euthanized due to his injuries. Russell has been charged with assault on a person with a deadly weapon with intent to kill and felony animal cruelty causing the death of an animal. The Hall of Fame horse trainer was released on a $90,000 bond. Uh, he plans to plead not guilty. It's just heartbreaking, said Suzanne Fegan, the son's ex-wife. The whole family is shocked, obviously angry. Never will we have seen this coming. He must be in a horrible mental state to have done that. Fegan detailed the events leading up to the shooting. I walked out of the barn and saw Vic pull up in his truck and he had a gun, Fegan said. She then said uh, she heard a bunch of shouting and carrying on. It was then that she saw Vic shooting at his son. Kristen Cox, the son's fiance, says he and the rest of the family are heartbroken over the incident. We love him and respect him, and we're worried about him now, Cox said. We need to get him the help he needs. So another another case of mental illness, obviously, here. Terrible story for a former horse trainer of the year. And the worst part of the whole story is the poor horse got, got had to die for no yeah. reason, which that always, always upsets me. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Sorry to end that on a, on a low note. But I'll have a good story coming up in my last. All right, Slick. Very good. Sports is brought to you again by Mike Lindell. You can take advantage of that um, offer for their 20th anniversary. Is that what I said? 20th anniversary? I think so. Or 25th. Something like that. Uh, Yeah, 20th anniversary. 80 million MyPillow sold. Wow. 1998 for the um, MyPillow Queens or 2998 for the king size pillows. Uh, LFS6B is the code. So, all right, let's do a little bit of news, and we'll do some more when we get back. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right, well, there's compelling evidence we have threats to global security, not from this earth, believe it or not, according to Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett. And it's time for the American people to learn the truth. He appeared on the John Michael Godiver's Event Horizon podcast last week to discuss the government's cover-up of extraterrestrial technology. The congressman who sits on the House Committee investigating UFO sightings claimed that alien spacecraft can travel at the speed of light, fly underwater, and turn people into charcoal briquettes. Yes, according no, to... No, the last part's <laughs> not part of it. No, it is. Really? Yes. It really is. Aaron's laughing in my head right now. <laughs> because you do this to me all the time. You don't think these stories are true. This well, is I didn't true. Say no, I just... According... <laughs> no! 
He's farting around again. According to... <laughs> turn people he didn't into say how he would turn them into charcoal briquettes. Oh, man. You know, I did see a quote from Tim uh, Perchette saying that the American people are not going to be able to handle this. Yeah. It's from the same article. Really? I'll finish it when we get back. You don't believe me. <laughs> Sounds like a okay. half-made story. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm up for the UFO barbecue. <laughs> oh, it's Friday night. I knew we'd get there at some point. Here we go. Well, it takes Here we go. <laughs> we'll be back in our spacesuits right after this. Oh, yeah. Flame... All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Uh, if you're just joining us, you missed a great What Even Is That top of the hour. Thank you. But you can go rewatch <laughs> that tonight. Uh, you can rewatch it right here on Getter. Just go back a little bit, or you can head over to livefromstudio6b.com. Make sure you sign up as a member over there as well. You'll be able to see it on our Substack. That'll be up there tonight, which is uh, lfs6b.substack.com. All the what even is that's lived there. You can see it there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack. Just follow us on all our social media. Anything you can think of, we're there. Follow us over there. But most importantly, make sure you register and sign up over at livefromstudio6b.com as that'll be the really hub for everything uh, involved with the show. At least it'll be there first, including all the merch. Uh, let's do some more news. Now, news <laughs> is brought to you by Almond Nut. Um, and here with that again is Rick Delgado. So let me get this well, straight. You know what? So I want to continue the story. Okay. Oh. So Tim Burchett, who's a very, seems like a very serious yes. um, guy, he, he, said he, that he, he went into a hearing yes. on UFO and extraterrestrial. Um, right. He sits on the House Committee investigating UFO sightings. And he says what he. I guess one of these last meetings, or maybe what he's learned overall, the American people are not ready to deal with it. He had some quote right. like that, didn't he? And part of that quote is, turn people into charcoal briquettes. It's in quotes. According to Burkett, Burkett? Burchett? Burchett, yeah. Burchett. Uh, the, U the government has been covering up UFO sightings since 1897 when an alleged spacecraft crashed into a windmill in Aurora, Texas. The local paper reported that the pilot was not an inhabitant of this world, and the logs of his travels were written in unknown hieroglyphics. Now, I know you're giggling, but I know exactly the news report they're referring to here because I've seen copies of it. Okay. Uh, let's just turn loose those reports, quit the redacted reports that look like Swiss cheese and everything whited out or blacked out and just give all the information to the American people and let them decide, Burchett said. His claims come just a month after whistleblower David Charles Grush reported that the U.S. government is in possession of at least a dozen non-human spacecraft, which it is working to reverse engineer Grush, who served in the un Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force from 2019 to 2021, claims that the information was illegally withheld from Congress. And despite closed-door briefings Burchett has attended, he compared the relationship between intel agencies and Congress as a game of cat and mouse, or clue. Uh, in February, Burchett said that he and his representatives Matt Gates and Anna Luna were promised to see some things at a UAP briefing in Florida that they were later denied. He said, sure enough, they were, they were not going to allow us to see any of it. They said, we didn't have the clearance. And I said, what clearance? We have the highest levels of clearance as congressmen. 
He said, we can't have it both ways. If you think there's nothing there, then you should have no objection to Congress representing the American people finding out. The claims that these are real objections and that they exist at military bases with military contractors. If they are not there, nobody should object to people looking. So that coming from Representative uh, Tim Burkett, Burchett, whatever his name is, um, regarding is, the— Is there uh, any— um... but, is there any details on how exactly you become a charcoal briquette? Uh, it could be laser beams, like lasers, like freaking lasers. Are those shoot match them in the light head. ones? Like, yeah. should I stay away from open flames? Right. Or? Yes. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if I can get there. What, charcoal briquettes? <laughs> yeah. But he said it. No, I know that. We I should have that. him on and ask him what he meant by I that. I think Congress needs to grill these guys. <laughs> That's UFOs what I from the planet Kingsford. <laughs> yeah. Charcoal briquettes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with it. Okay. Because... Because uh, Burchett seems like a serious guy. He is a serious guy. Yes. Remember, remember when? I know. Uh, I shouldn't say seems like he is. Yes. He yesterday, is. yesterday when when they got the briefing on the from the Secret Service over the closing of this cocaine investigation, he was storming out of the uh, out of that session. Hmm. All right, maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should get him on the show and try to hold his feet to the fire. What do yeah. you think? <laughs> That'd be a great idea. Charcoal Burchett's. That's what I mean. Hold his feet to the fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Uh, whatever. Well, no, I don't. I just. It's, I mean, I'm only reporting what read, the guy says. But do you read that and th do you read that and go, oh yeah, okay? Yeah, I can see you him do. saying it. Why not? Uh, no, no, not him saying it, but that actually being like plausible. Like plausible, of course. Okay. Think about it. If 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 whatever can fly at the speed of light um, decides to ever land here and and says, you know what, you guys are a pain in the ass. Let's get rid of them. We're going to be dust. It's not even going to be close. I've seen Independence Day. Well, if they say take me to your leader and then someone actually does, we'll be, we're in the clear. Because they'll get so far out of here so fast, they'll never come back. I think this whole briguette thing is a nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I'm with you, Slick. I'm just kind of like, come on. I mean, really? But I don't know. Well, I, I, okay, yeah. fine. You so. know what? It's right. the congressman. The congressman had his say. Yeah. All, All right. Okay. To some more serious news, a Gilgo Beach serial killing suspect is this in is police custody yeah. on Long Island, ID'd as architect Rex Howerman. Yes, a suspected serial killer has been arrested over the notorious Gilgo Beach murders in Long Island, the Post, New York Post, can confirm. Now, Rex if you live on Long Island, yeah. this story has been around for, now, how, what, 10 years? A little more than that. A little yeah. more than 20 years? No, a little less than that. And, um... We have heard, if you live here, you know some of the, and as, as we do, and you're in political circles here, in law enforcement circles, we have heard all kinds of names. There's been all kinds of things brought up on this story, and then it's kind of died away. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, right, this morning, boom, a name we have never heard of from a place that was never in any of the reporting, and all of a sudden, boom. And, and, and this is exactly, we can't find the cocaine. Right. <laughs> but oh look at with this oh yeah we nailed this guy yeah and, and you know what and you know i heard this and then i started reading about this guy i'm like oh, i don't know if i believe this um that he's the person or maybe he's part of something that this is a bigger thing 
Um, but let me let me get to the uh, the facts of the article here. Rex Howerman, 59, a married architect at a New York City firm, was arrested this morning uh, at his home on First Avenue in Massapequa Park. Sources told the New York Post, a suspect due in court. Uh, actually, he went earlier today. Uh, he saw the judge. The arrest is tied to the so-called Gilgo Four, women found wrapped in burlap within days of each other in late 2010, and not the other six who were later eyed as possibly being connected. So they're still, they believe there's still another killer out there he's only linked right now to these first four the gilgo four state and suffolk county police both at the scene since early hours did not officially confirm the arrest uh but teased upcoming press conferences until of course they announced it harriman is the owner and founder of midtown architecture uh rh consultants and associates which counts catholic charities new york city department of uh transportation and department of sewage treatment and american airlines as clients according to his website in an interview posted on youtube uh, Howerman said he was born and raised on Long Island. He's been working in Manhattan since 1987, and on Friday morning, investigators swarmed his rundown home and removed the cooler at one point. He seems like a regular neighbor, said Barry Oslander, 72, who lives down the block. I never thought he was anything but a businessman, an average guy who had a family and went to work. Mm-hmm. So, interesting break in this story. Again, it's not covering... All of the deaths that were found over there, and I don't know if you, if some people out there remember seeing, you know, helicopter footage of people trouncing through these dunes and looking for body parts, and you know, all these women that had gone missing. I guess it's up to, I guess the total number is ten. They've linked him to the Gilgo Four. Um, it's it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. And and I noted in some of the reports that I saw that he was he was part of something. It almost made it sound like he was part of something that could have been bigger. I'm not saying that he's not the guy that did it, that maybe there are other people involved. So it could be that he's the first domino to fall. We'll yeah. see. But the uh, by spring of 2011, the number of the bodies that they had found had climbed to 10, eight women as well as an identified man and a toddler as well. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of this stuff. There was, a, I guess, a documentary done by one of the uh, families of one of the women who went missing after her call to the police. Um, she was on the phone for a while being chased by this person, whoever it was. Then she ran to another house and somebody saw her there and the person let her in. And then she ran away again. And then she she ran into the dunes or something. It, it was a strange case. Um, but it's gotten a lot of... Uh, you can find stuff on it online in terms of, uh, you know, yeah. the people involved in this. Well, I, didn't, I don't think anyone expected this to happen today. I mean, I think people had kind of forgotten about this case and certainly not a name that, I mean, we, we've, there's been all kinds of names passed around on people oh, yeah. who they think is, it is. A lot of people thought it was someone in law enforcement. Yes, they did. Oh, which, yes. Remember that. Which, yeah, a lot of people, because of the area it happened. There's a lot of retired police that live in this, this specified community of where this was going on. Um, to which my, uh, <laughs> my sister's ex-boyfriend was like, whoo, okay. Uh, because for a while, when, the, when this story broke years ago, and we were talking about it, because he's a retired cop. And we're like, hey, Teddy, that kind of sounds like you. He's like, I know, doesn't it? <laughs> and he was making jokes about it, but it's like, you know, thankfully it wasn't him. He doesn't um, have any connection to this Massapequa guy, does he? No, not at all. Okay. Because so. this Massapequa guy doesn't look like he could chase anybody down yeah, unless they that... were leaving a Dunkin' Donuts and he was chasing down their, you know, box of Krispy Kremes or something. Yeah, and I mean, he would need to have access to that area. 
Um, and it doesn't seem like the type of guy that might have access to that. I mean, unless he had a home there that, that they haven't identified yet, they haven't put out yet, yeah. um, to have easy access because it's not an easy, this is an area where everybody knows each other. All these people kind of know each other. Yeah. So, uh, throw up my screen, Aaron. This might be the best image to represent what the day was like today in politics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who's next? <laughs> A grim Cause, tucker. Because that's how the day wow. started. Who's next? Wow. And I think after this, the next one was uh, Ramaswamy, who I have not watched yet, and then Nikki Haley, who might be rethinking <laughs> yeah. taking the stage. Yeah. Her car broke down today. Um, <laughs> and then DeSantis was right before uh, right Glenn that, Beck right? interviewed Tucker himself at 6.30. So wow. quite the day out there in Iowa. Oof. Well, uh, and, I, and I think you can look at um, the fact that the president, President Trump, didn't show up. And I think some will say it's a mistake. But honestly, um, when you look at how the ones who went did, at least the ones that I've watched, I think it's a good day for President Trump. Well, uh, yeah, and, you know, he, it may have been a good idea for him to go. I know Steve Dace was railing about the fact that he wasn't there and how a huge mistake it was. I mean, I'm not so sure. When you look at how the three did, people already know that you're not going to get any of this BS from Trump when you ask him where he stands on things. Well, not only that, I mean, think about it. He doesn't go, so he's not the story. But now we see, you know, how Tucker laid these people to waste. They're the story. So yeah, if anything, and not in a good way. Right. So if anything, it's a thinning of the herd, so to speak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And this kind of gets to my Michael Knowles point of last night, because uh, we talked about, you know, uh, when I first heard that the Trump campaign was going to think about not debating, I thought that was a terrible idea. And, and I still think it, I still think we want to hear from him and we want it, we want the different ideas. We want to hear these two, all of them talk about it, at least the ones that we think even have a remote chance of, of, of being elected. But I'll tell you, if you can, I mean, if you maintain a 40 point lead, and the other candidate's job is to show that they can do the job as well as you can or somehow be different and they can they're supposed to be cutting into your numbers and they can't do it. Why why what's the point? Yeah, why help them? I think that's probably valid. What's the point of going up there? You know, you know, save yourself from making some kind of mistake, something you're not thinking, something that happens that is not expected. <laughs> I mean, I think it's on the other candidates. The onus is on them to show that they can they can gather a following and get a number. All right, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. All right, 13 to the hour live from Studio 6 Big been a great show. Glad you've been a part of it. Great what even is that you can rewatch. It'll be up on our sub stack, also up on live from Studio6B.com. Let's do a little more sports, and we'll do a little more news. We'll give a T-shirt away here at the end of this segment. Slick Rick's doing sports, brought to you by, of course, Mike Lindell. And like I told you, the 20th anniversary special is going on right now. And you can um, use our code LFS6B for the queen-size pillows, only $19.98, and the king-size, only $29.98. 
And, you know, I never do this, and I should be doing it more. We have a phone number for people who, let's say, are not great on the computer or don't want to go on the computer, and you want to still use our code. We have our own phone number at, Ella, at, at MyPillow, which is 800-897-7215. So if you want to just call and still get the credit for LFS6B code, you can just call that number. And they know that number is assigned to us, so they know you're calling from us. 800-897-7215. And that's uh, basically the same as using our promo code LFS6B. So if you want those pills, you can do it. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? Now, does Harry on the highway answer the phone? No, he no, does okay. not. <laughs> Just making sure. So you'll actually get your order, and it'll be right. <laughs> right. right. You'll talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Here we go. Who won't try to date you. Exactly. Uh, well, I mean, that's a, that's a little... I yeah. get that from you guys. You guys keep saying, "Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever." That's, Probably accurate. That's locker room talk. All right, here we go. Hey, finally, some sports organizations smartening up. International Cycling Organization officially bans men from competing in the women's category. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Competitive Cycling's international governing body, the Union Cyclist International uh, (UCI), has known has now officially banned male-born athletes from competing in the women's category. On Friday, the UCI released a lengthy statement updating its policy which will now bar any transgender woman cyclist from competing in women's events if they transition after going through male puberty. Uh, the meeting of the UCI Management Committee was held following a seminar on the conditions for the participation of transgender, transgender athletes in women's cycling events organized by the UCI back on June 21st. From now on, female transgender athletes who have transitioned uh, will be prohibited from participating in the women's events the UCI calendar states. So, good to see that. Goes on to talk about the details and everything what's the details you know what if you if you're uh, not a not a woman you don't participate uh and one more quick one ex nfl qb philip riv is all fired up his wife announces 10th pregnancy wow. one of todd houston of breitbart former nfl player philip rivers says he's very excited about the impending birth of his 10th child a son the former los angeles Chargers quarterback who retired in 2021 and his wife tiffany already have nine children seven girls and two boys ranging in ages from four to 21 according to the new york post the eight-time pro bowler said he's excited to bring another child into the world and likely doubly excited that it is a boy so yeah uh, really great story there a couple of tweets out there let's see who Digital Space Monkey uh, had said that at least Philip Rivers is going to have a 10 legitimate children with his actual wife. Knock the guy if you want, but he can feed and support 10 children. There are athletes spreading their seed, having even more kids with separate baby mamas. But there, more power to Philip Rivers. So good stuff on Philip Rivers. And that's a Rapid Sports Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Aaron, throw up my screen for a second. I love this. Somebody, uh, this is uh, Zachary Henry put up. If you're not ready to survive this chair, <laughs> you're not ready for this one. Oof. <laughs> which is which is what we found out today, which is accurate. Is so, right on the money. All right, let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends over at Early Treatment Meds. Rick Delgado, what else is going on? All right. Well, this is uh, going to take us away from UFOs, but take us into something even more unbelievable. Yes, Biden's the House canceling student debt despite the <laughs> Supreme oh, Court. How about that? No, not that. The House UFO. Judiciary Committee, though, opened a formal investigation into why the FBI snooped on two Republican House Intelligence Committee staffers 
during the height of the Russia collusion probe, suggesting that the seizure of their private email and records may have been in retaliation for the panel's efforts to expose bureau misconduct. The letter from committee chairman Jim Jordan uh, to FBI director Chris Wray was prompted by reporting in Just the News, uh, which I'm getting this story from, and the New York Post revealing that Cash Patel, the chief investigator on the then uh, House Intelligence Committee and uh, chairman Devin Nunes' team, had his email seized from Google back in late 2017, just before the release of the report that identified significant failures and abuses in the Russian collusion scandal. Patel and a second unnamed committee investigator were not notified until five years after the seizure. According to Just the News, the committee on the judiciary is conducting oversight of the FBI. Jordan wrote Ray in a letter obtained by Just the News in 2017. Google reportedly received subpoenas for private emails and records belonging to two Republican staffers on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. These subpoenas only came to light in 2022 due to Google's policy of alerting customers five years after law enforcement takes such action. Jordan added the timing of these subpoenas raises questions about whether the subpoenas were in retaliation for the oversight of the FBI. So another wrinkle and another piece of, uh, you know, what looks to be malfeasance by the FBI investigating people who are investigating them. You know, Mark Levin says he had 13 emails that he found out uh, were taken from him as well that he didn't know about and someone tipped him off to it. Uh, and he still, I don't believe to this day, has still gotten to the bottom of how they got him and under what circumstances they thought they were allowed to go get him because uh, he was unaware of it. And right. then someone tipped him off to it that was on the January 6th committee because it was communications between him and one of the attorneys um, for President Trump who got called in front of the January 6th committee, I believe, if I have this story right. And he says, uh, there was nothing in the 13 emails that I'm concerned about. He goes, but I just want to, you know, I'm not going to let it go and find out. And get to the bottom of it. Right. So he's another one that I know has the same issue. Yeah. And again, it says that whole, you know, what is the FBI doing? Well, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, they're basically running around like a Gestapo. Well, this was going to be the, uh, put my screen up, Aaron. This was going to be the WTF of the day. But since we didn't have time, let's just play it. <laughs> you haven't seen the latest here. Here's Biden in Finland with this young girl. This is. Going in for a snack. This is um, nothing to do with it, too. I mean, I think I when I when I think when I tweeted this, I said, you know, I might do that if I went to my sister's house and with my nieces or nephews and they were that age. And when you first get over there and they see, you you know, you run up to them and you do something stupid like that. Right. But to do it as the president of the United States to some stranger in a foreign country, this kid who is clearly uh, would like you to go away. Oh, it's just creepy, creepy beyond oh. creepy, isn't it? Look, yeah. look at him. Well, you know, when he said lick the world, maybe that's the tool. Now it's on. eat the world or bite <laughs> the world. What? I mean, what is that? that is, I don't know. That's like, crazy. I, I, it almost I, looks I, fake. I, I know. And it's not. I know. It's just, it is just beyond weird to me. What does the Secret Service think? I mean, God. I mean, yeah, can... they, they see some stuff. Man. Oh, man. Got... I mean, there's been reports of Secret Service and what this guy's done in front of the Secret Service for years. Yeah. But just as a matter of, I, I just, I don't, I mean, it, to a stranger's yeah. kid in a foreign land, look at the mother. She's like, 
Oh, I don't know if she uh, wants to get it on tape because once well, she laughs at the yeah, end there, the laughing. kid clearly is the just. Paul is like, all right, move along, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just Man. so strange. Very strange. Bizarre. Another strange thing real yep. quick. I got a quick time for, if you don't mind. Uh, Joey Teixeira, a self-proclaimed faith healer from Brazil, has been handed a 99-year prison sentence for multiple sex crimes, uh, according to uh, <laughs> according to the Western Journal. Known as uh, John of God, Faria gained international recognition for his alleged healing abilities and attracted a following that included media personality, Oprah Winfrey, the popular talk show host, interviewed him 10 years ago and called him inspiring, according to the uh, Associated Press. For decades, Faria operated from the modest town of Gaos in Brazil, drawing people from all walks of life seeking his assistance. Whether celebrities or individuals, uh, ordinary individuals, they flocked to his house on the outskirts of Brasilia. Uh, Now he's going to jail for just under 100 years. So there you have it. And that's a wrap. All right, our T-shirt giveaway tonight is going to be Peter Smith. Peter Smith is the winner tonight. Signed up at the website tonight during the show. Peter Smith is the winner of our T-shirt giveaway tonight. Peter, make sure we give us your shipping information. And as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Another great week in the books. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday night, 8 p.m., right here from the 2A. No, live from Studio (laughs) 6B. We'll see you then. That's going to be your weekend, baby. (laughs) 